For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Friday to you. Hope you're ready for the weekend, a weekend that'll probably have some better weather, but I'm not counting on anything this week. So what I am counting on, though, is that later on in the program, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her today is Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver. We're going to talk with them just after the 8 o'clock news. We will discuss the budget cuts that happened on Monday night. We will ask them what they think about the citizen effort for term limits for city councilors. I, uh, I went over to Market Basket yesterday to grab some bluefish. They had some uh, some delicious bluefish. I really enjoyed it. And as I was walking in, I saw the table outside Market Basket collecting signatures. Uh, the person who was behind the table, who I think was Paul Hankins, I'm not totally sure, but um, he was talking to someone, so I didn't get a chance to speak with him as I was going in. And then when I came out, he was already gone. So, And by that point, too, I had my, my bluefish wrapped up. You don't want to walk around with some fish wrapped up too long on a warm day. So the uh, the counselors will also talk with us about a few other things, including some of the other council business that has gone on this week. We can discuss the new trash contract with them and so much more. So that'll be coming up after the 8 o'clock news. Until then, it's all about you at 508-996-0500. We can talk some more about the trash. I got a few more messages after I went off the air yesterday talking about the change from ABC Disposal slash Harvey, E.L. Harvey. No, that's... It was ABC for many, many years, but the last, what, like year year or so, it's been E.L. Harvey. I forget exactly when that deal went down. And so then Monday, the new company, Capital Waste Services, will begin the pickup. So we'll, I'm sure there'll be an adjustment period. So don't judge them necessarily on the first week. They're still learning everything and getting out there and getting on the streets of New Bedford for the first time. But from some of the complaints that I'm reading, people are ready for a change. So that'll happen starting Monday. Then, of course, we have a holiday, so that might mess things up a little bit for you, depending on where you live. Also, this story really kind of just, I just thought it was wild. I don't want to say it shocked me because, you know, nothing really shocks me anymore. But I got an email, and admittedly, I was kind of out of the loop because, uh, well, Kate came by yesterday and visited with us before she gets ready to head over to Vietnam. So 
you know, I was kind of like talking with her and Phil Devitt and getting ready to leave. And then I got home and I was like, okay, I got a couple of other things I got to do before I can fry up this bluefish. And then I did those things, fried up the bluefish, took care of my dog, sat down and opened up my computer and saw an email that says that the town of Dighton Board of Selectmen would be meeting an emergency session to discuss the police chief. I said, oh, what, what, what's going on here? What's going on with the police chief in Dighton? Because, you know, we've had some issues with police chiefs around here lately. We had one who had a DUI issue. We had another who had some possible legal trouble. So I was like, oh, what, what could be going on? And I was like, well, I'll worry about it after I, you know, eat this delicious bluefish I just fried up. So I did, And then as I'm eating... The email comes through that he had been pay, p- placed on administrative leave by the Board of Selectmen. They placed him on administrative leave, Sean Cronin, the police chief of Dighton. And then they appointed George Nichols, the acting chief of police. And then Nichols suspended a reserve officer, Joseph DuPont. So I think the selectmen only have power to suspend or place on leave the police chief. And then they needed the new chief to do it for the reserve officer who was part of the same scandal here. And so then I said, okay, what's what's going on? So then I type in Sean Cronin, uh, Joseph uh, DuPont, and I get brought to the website for the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. Not the website that you think the potential legal troubles of a police chief would take you to. I thought it was going to be, you know, something to do with his actual job and his job performance. That maybe there was an issue with personnel or, you know, could be a variety of reasons why this would happen. But I started reading what was going on in insider trading. So apparently, this is what the SEC alleges. Joseph DuPont, who is a reserve police officer with the town of Dighton, is also involved in the pharmaceutical industry. And he was the vice president of a company that was, was it the one that was getting bought out or was going to buy another company? Let me see if I can... He was part of the company that was going to be acquiring another company in May of 2020. And I guess this is, again, these are all just allegations. But the the alleged issue here is that DuPont told Cronin, told his friend, the police chief, hey, this thing's going down. You might want to invest in this company. And so he did. And then he told two people, and he told two people, and he told... No, I was just trying to do the Wayne's World bit there. But no, but uh, the police chief then allegedly told some some friends, including somebody who was kind of in finance. That person told a partner of his, a friend of his in the finance industry. Then those two people told friends and family. So in all, it was about $4 million in ill-gotten gains that the SEC is alleging was made off of this insider trading. So the town of Dighton, the select 
board of Dighton, what are they going to do? You've you've got these serious allegations against your police chief and a reserve police officer. Now, the reserve police officer is an easy call to have that officer suspended if the police chief is willing to do that. I don't know that <laughs> it would have been a conflict of interest here for Sean Cronin to be the one to do it. So it, it makes sense that they had to have him placed on leave. Now, it's criminal if it's true. And I don't know that you can have a police chief who is accused of or especially convicted of a crime, even a white-collar crime. Sounds like that would be, you know, conduct unbecoming. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because right now he's placed on leave. I'm sure that will be, you know, pending the outcome of whatever happens here. These charges were filed in the Southern District of New York, which, you know, handles crimes from Wall Street. So you know how slowly things can move through that district. It could be a long time before there's any resolution to this case. But I, I mean, I get it. I get that insider trading is a crime and I get that it gives an unfair advantage to people. But I don't know how seriously people will take these charges. Again, when you have a police chief accused of any crime, it's hard to have them continue to serve as your police chief. But this is just not what you would expect when you hear police chief suspended because of pending charges. And that's not to say that this wasn't serious because they really, they knew what they were doing. This was not like, oh, I didn't know I, was some, I wasn't supposed to say anything. Or I was just telling him what was going on at work. I didn't realize he was going to go and make investments based on that information. At one point, two of the people involved, not the police chief and not the reserve officer, two of the people involved, one texted the other one in Russian. In Russian, I mean, come on. You're, that means you're probably trying to hide from anybody that would read it what it means. But he, he sent, uh, let's hope our golden goose will continue laying golden eggs. That's according to the SEC complaint. Just wild. This is the kind of stuff they would make, you know, movies about. Probably not, you know, blockbuster Hollywood movies, but maybe like an Apple TV movie. But I just, I can't believe $2.3 million in ill-gotten gains is what the SEC is alleging happened just from the the conspirators in this. It does not say that DuPont made any money off of it. He was just giving the tip. But according to the SEC, Cronin, the police chief, made $72,000 off of this deal. He shared the information with his friend, Jarrett Mendoza, who allegedly made $39,000 off the deal. Off the information, rather. And he told family friend Stanley Kaplan, who provided him with advice on trading strategies, Kaplan brought in 472000 And then Kaplan shared that information with his friend and colleague Paul Feldman, 
Paul Feldman made $1.73 million. So Paul Feldman took the chance. <laughs> he really he really put a, a good amount of change down on this tip and, and bought that stock, and he made $1.73 million. And then Kaplan and Feldman went and told all their friends and family, and so all of those people that they told made $1.7 million off of it. So this is this is significant money. This is four million dollars that came about as a result of this. So it's just just a crazy story. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How you doing? Good. Um, completely off topic, but I'm gonna run this one by you. Um, I was driving through Mayo. I got two things I want to tell you real quick. Uh, I was driving through. Um, that's what I was heading in my mother's house yesterday, and. Um, trash pickup, right? I had to dodge like, I don't know, five or six trash cans that were in like the, almost in the middle of the street, on Union Street. And uh, I was heading up towards like, so if you're heading on Union Street downtown, headed up towards uh, like Rockdale Ave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm dodging these, these trash barrels, you know, practically in the left lane trying to get, you know, around these trash barrels. I'm like, this is crazy, man. You know, like, uh, and I noticed, like, it was a few callers that called in yesterday complaining about that, how they don't put the trash barrels back up on the curb. So these were empty barrels? Empty, yeah, empty barrels. You know, and there was a few that were on the ground, so I'm assuming they either got, you know, they, they were dropped or they, or maybe somebody might, might have clipped them, you know, driving by. But it was like, you know, they're literally like, you know, 20 feet off the curb. And they're practically in the middle of the road. And, you know, you have to go into the other lane, but... um Another thing too that I want to address is that, you know, I know I know the you know the, the mayor you know tends to listen to WBSM, so I hope he's listening right now. But um, there should be at least uh, some sort of traffic signal up on um, the top of Union and Rockdale. That's a danger, very very dangerous, and a lot of accidents have happened in that, that intersection. I know that because I used to live in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was just saying, you know, I was just with my with my daughter yesterday out of my mother's house. When we get to the top of Union Street, where Rockdale is, and um, I'm I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there for like five minutes. And people, you know, there's people that are turning left onto Union, and then there's people that are bombing down Rockdale Ave on the right hand side of that person turning left. So now you can't. You, it's like almost impossible to get take a left onto Rockdale because you got people flying on the other side of the, you know. On both sides of the street, they're flying left, going towards Kempton Street, and then they're flying right, going towards Hawthorne Street. And you know, it's it's virtually impossible unless you you know you you sit there and wait until there's finally a break in traffic. But during like the you know the midday rush, you know three thirty four o'clock in the afternoon, you know it's it's almost impossible to even turn on turn left onto um, Rockdale Avenue. I, you know, I, I was gonna say, I think even though those are. Um you know, city roads and not state roads. I don't know if you're here. You're not hearing that echo, are you? No, I'm not hearing an echo. All right, I'm getting an echo back in my ear. I think that um, even though those are state roads, I believe the state has to approve any changes that they would make with a, putting in, you know, any kind of traffic signal. But uh, that doesn't mean that they haven't tried to do it and that the state just, you know, denied the request to do it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see if maybe um, – well, I know a lot of city councils listen to your radio show too, so I'm, I'm curious if they've ever even tried any – putting any – motions together or anything like that to try to at least get like a you know maybe like a slowdown say you know like a, the yellow amber light or something you know mm-hmm. or i mean 
something's got to something's got to happen over there. I mean, and it's been like that since I was a kid. You know what I mean? People are just just go right around the car that's turning. You know what I'm talking about? They'll go right on the right hand side of the car that's turning left. You know, th- I mean, there was probably something to be said for a while too because that road was kind of bad. A lot of the roads over there were kind of bad, but as they're getting improved and and it's you can go faster down them, it becomes more of a concern. When they were all torn up, like how fast can you go anyway? Yeah, right. Exactly. I know. So yeah, I mean, I would I would recommend you know if if the mayor isn't listening, maybe just you know give a call or send an app chat message on uh, on Wednesday when he's in, just to remind yeah. everybody, and and we'll see if we can find it. Because I would guess if it's that much of an issue, they probably have tried something, and they just need to get state approval for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I'll call next Wednesday and give you know, see if he's tried to attempt to do anything about that. All right, cool. All right, have a good weekend. You have a good day. Take it easy. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. In 508-996-0500. You can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. And you can also send us open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Some of the many great services that are uh, available through the app from our friends at South Coast Towing. And we're going to be doing some ticket giveaways on the app. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. So if you don't have it already, you want to download it, you can get it from WBSM.com. If you go up to the listen tab, there's a link there to be able to download it. It will actually send it right to your phone when you type in your phone, the email address for the email account you use on your phone. You can also go right to your app store, whether you have Android, whether you have Apple, whether you even have a Windows phone, whatever it may be. If you just go to your app store, wherever you get all your other apps from, type in WBSM and you will find it. You can install it on your phone. It's really easy to install. It's really easy to use. It's very user-friendly, very intuitive. And you can do everything from set your alarm to wake up with WBSM to having it send you breaking news alerts, having it uh, access all of our podcasts, and so much more. And again, it's all brought to you by South Coast Towing. And I, I always say, if you ever have any trouble downloading the WBSM app, just reach out to me. You can email me, Tim, at WBSM.com. I've even had people come down to the station and come in and say, here's my phone. Can you help me get the app? And I will help you with that because it's very important that you have the app to get all of our information, all of our stories, uh, everything that we can do, that that traffic and weather alone right there. Even if you don't care about anything that we say on the air, even if you don't want to read anything that we write, getting local South Coast traffic and weather without having to go through waiting for them to go through Boston and Providence and all that other stuff, it makes it all worth it. So, again, check it out, the WBSM app, wherever you get your apps are found. Brought to you by South Coast Towing. All right, now it's time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. French President Emmanuel Macron is calling a second crisis meeting over the riots in Paris after a police officer shot and killed a 17-year-old male. Violent riots have broken out throughout France in Lyon, Pau, Toulouse, Marseille, and other parts of Paris. 
The shooting took place in the Parisian suburb of Nanterre, where a 17-year-old named Nahal M. was shot dead during a traffic stop on Tuesday. The officers involved in the shooting has been detained, and Macron said the shooting was unjust. Republicans are praising the Supreme Court's ruling against affirmative action programs in U.S. college admissions. The Supreme Court on Thursday ruled in favor of challenges to affirmative action programs at Harvard and the University of North Carolina and ruled 6-3 that their admissions policies were unconstitutional. Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said students will now be able to compete based on equal standards and individual merit. Former Vice President Mike Pence said he was pleased the court put an end to an egregious violation of civil and constitutional processes. Republican Congressman George Santos will be back in federal court today. His New York court appearance comes after pleading not guilty to 13 charges, including wire fraud, money laundering, and making false statements to the House of Representatives. Last week, court documents revealed the congressman's father and aunt fronted the bail money that kept him out of jail. Santos has been under fire since it was determined he lied about much of his background and experience. A man with materials for explosives and an active warrant related to the January 6th Capitol riot is under arrest after running toward former President Obama's Washington, D.C. home. Brian Shook reports. Secret Service officials saw the man within blocks of the home detaining him as he was running towards it. His van was parked nearby with multiple weapons and materials to make explosive devices like a Molotov cocktail. He had made threats on social media against public figures recently and had an open warrant on charges related to the Capitol riot. It's unknown if the Obamas were home at the time. I'm Brian Shook. A 57-year-old Thai woman had to have her leg amputated after getting caught in a moving walkway at the International Airport in Bangkok. It happened Thursday morning, and there's still no explanation for the accident. The airport director told reporters the woman's leg got caught in the end of a moving walkway. At least 100 people have died in Mexico over the past three weeks as a heat wave pushed temperatures above 120 degrees in some parts of the country. More from Mark Mayfield. Mexico's health ministry said on Thursday that two-thirds of the deaths happened last week and the rest the week before. Nearly all the deaths were attributed to heat stroke and a handful from dehydration. More than 60% of the people who died were in the northern state of Nuevo León, which borders on Texas. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Pentagon says a Chinese spy balloon did not collect intelligence during a flight over the U.S. earlier this year. The Defense Department said on Thursday that the balloon did not gather any data as it flew over the country for most of a week in February. The military shot down the balloon off the coast of South Carolina. And Donald Trump has won a seat on the Fire District Board in Hubbard, Oregon. The former president was a right-wing candidate for last month's election in the small town of Salt Town, south of Portland. He and four other people received two votes each, and on June 23rd, Trump was declared the winner by a roll of the dice. If he accepts the role, Trump will now be the Hubbard Fire District board member, board director position number three. In sports, the Red Sox lost against the Marlins two to zero last night, ending their series with a three-game losing streak. The Sox will be heading to Toronto tonight to face the Blue Jays. First pitch at 7.07 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast.
Today we'll see a decent amount of sunshine after some morning fog. It will be warm and it will be muggy with a high near 81. For tonight, partly cloudy with fog developing after midnight, your low near 62. Saturday, partly sunny with a slight chance of a shower in the afternoon, your high in the low 80s. Every Sunday, mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and a high near 81. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Kelly Bates on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 65 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Traveler. It's a great song. Uh, what was it? Uh, Poker Face on uh, on Peacock. They had that song uh, in an episode. The episode was actually named The Hook, which that song is called Hook. I probably like that better than Run Around, but I like, but anyway, the best of the, the three kind of hit songs that they had. Probably just because I love the movie Kingpin. I saw it like five or six times in the theater. There was a time... I've, I've talked about this before and on my 9 o'clock show. There was a time when I forget what the movie theater chain was, but the, the Kingston Mall movie theater in the 90s, whatever chain it was then, Regal Cinemas, who knows, they had a uh, promotion going on where they put a fish tank in the lobby of the movie theater with a shot glass at the bottom of the fish tank. And it was a fundraiser for the Jimmy Fund. And if you could drop a quarter into the fish tank and the quarter fell into the shot glass, you got a free movie ticket. Well, my cousin, with his redneck ingenuity, that's his his phrase, not mine, realized that if you drop four quarters all at once, it's heavy enough that they drop right in the shot glass. So what we figured out was that you would basically be able to go to the movies for a dollar. And the uh, the movie theater didn't care because... You know, they're doing this fundraiser. They just want to raise as much money as they can for the Jimmy Fund. And also, we were going to movies that, like, weren't filled up anyway. It wasn't that, wasn't like it was opening night for these movies. So we would just go again and again. Like, want to go see Kingpin again? Sure. We would go to the mall and be walking around and say, well, since we're here, why don't we go to the movies? And so I saw a number of movies that summer that I probably wouldn't normally have gone to see in the theater. But we did it because, you know, it was a buck. And we always bought concessions and everything. So, you know, the movie theater chain made out on us too. And all, and they also would come around with um, collection cups. The Jimmy Fund would be in the theater before the movie started. And they'd walk up and down the aisles and you could donate more. And we always put some more change in. But still, it was for us, it was more about like we thought we were, you know, like the people who can walk up to a animal claw game and win every time. Like we just, we thought we were winners. 
Actually, I am pretty good at those claw games. I probably spend way too much money on them, and I don't have anybody that cares about the stuffed animals in them anymore. But I still play them. If I look and I walk by, I'm like, oh, I can get that. It's a guarantee I'm going to stand there until I do. And then, like, a kid will be walking by, and I'll say, here. Unless it's something cool. Then I'll bring it back and put it in my office or bring it home and give it to the dog. 508-996-0500. We were talking about this um, the suspension being well being placed on leave, the police chief indictment for insider trading. You can read more about that at WBSM.com and on the app, but also at the website and on the app. You will find Barry's story about the potential to expand the Massachusetts bottle bill. And in his reporting, it says, according to a 2022 report from the Container Recycling Institute, Massachusetts has the lowest rate of people returning empty bottles and cans among the 10 states with bottle redemption laws. Now, Barry's analysis of this is judging by the trash one routinely spies along the highways and byways of the Commonwealth, the report appears to have merit. Now, there's a five-cent deposit on many of those bottles and cans here in Massachusetts. The idea is that if you went up to a 10-cent deposit, that people would be more likely to return the bottle or the can. Well, I'm going to tell you this. When I go and buy anything that comes in a bottle that has a you know a redemption, has a deposit on it, I don't really think about the deposit. I'm not really adding up the five cents times 12 or 24 or whatever I'm buying a pack of. It's just, it is what it is. And I usually don't collect cans. I usually put them into my recycling bin. And I'm wondering, so Massachusetts has a lower rate of redemption And Barry's looking at it, you know, from just the eyeball test of look at how many are on the side of the road. But I wonder, are there more on the side of the road in Massachusetts than they are in the other nine states that have redemption laws? What is Massachusetts recycling rate versus those other states? What is what is the percentage of bottles and cans that would have a deposit that is in that recycling? So are we just tossing cans on the side of the road? Or are we recycling them? Because we're probably not putting them in the trash. So are we recycling them, redeeming them, or just throwing them out the window as we drive by? Like, it's I guess it's got to be one of the three. But I think that we probably are recycling them more and more and that people just don't care about the nickel. There's so few redemption centers around compared to what there used to be. There's, there's still some around, but it's nothing like it used to be. Now, if you want to turn in bottles and cans, you've got to go to, like over here at Stop and Shop, across the street, they have those machines that you can drop the cans in, and then you bring the slip into the store, and they give you the cash for it. First of all, it's tedious. It's time-consuming because you have to feed each one in individually, and it takes forever. And, and who goes... Who goes and returns cans when they have, you know, 12 empty cans in their house? No, you you collect them all until you have a good amount so that when you get there, you're getting 15, 16 bucks out of it rather than, you know, 48 cents. I guess that wouldn't work out mathematically, but you know what I mean. 
So I don't I don't bother going to those anymore because I don't want to spend all the time there. First of all, the machines never work right. They reject half the cans and bottles that they should take. You only all you have to do is walk in there and see how many people just dump stuff in the trash because well the machine wouldn't take this. Sometimes it's you know the human's fault because they brought something that doesn't have a deposit on it. And other times it's because the machines are just terrible. If the can is like too dented or something, it doesn't take the can. Well, sorry that I tried to dent it to fit a few more in the bag. So it's 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 a flawed system. And then when you do have places where there is human redemption, you know, where you can bring it to a person and the person counts it out and rings you up and gives you the money, they often have limited hours. And when you get there, there's probably four people ahead of you. So for a lot of folks, they've decided, I'm sure, what's the point? What's the point? If I look and I'm like, okay, my three months of of consumption of beverages that have a deposit on the bottle or can has led me to have, you know, 20 bucks. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to go get the 20 bucks to go through all of this? Or when I can just put them in the recycling bin out in front of my house. So I think that's probably happening more than people willfully chucking them out the window or, you know, dumping them on the ground. 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. from the Eddie and the Cruisers soundtrack, but it's John Cafferty and Beaver Brown, and that means that it's uh, New Bedford's own, New Bedford's own Michael Tunes and Tunes on saxophone there. So uh, we got an app chat message from Tim in New Bedford who says, even Family Redemption on a Cushion Avenue in New Bedford, you have to have all your cans counted before they will accept them, and you have to keep plastic bottles separate from aluminum cans in your bags. So, yeah, so you've got to do a little bit of extra work there, and that's to get what? What are you walking out of there with? Now, don't get me wrong. There have been times when I was um, when I was married, my, when my son was growing up, my wife was a big diet Pepsi consumer. And so we would save all the cans. And at the time, I was drinking Coke, regular Coke. I drink Coke Zero now, but at the time, I would drink regular Coke, and I would go through a ton of it. And so we would have just... And, and I would, you know, occasionally drink Mountain Dew as well, maybe some Dr. Pepper, sometimes go out and get some beers, like especially in the summertime, but not often. 
but we would collect all the cans and keep them in our shed until we had so many that we had to return them or until we were up against it and we needed, you know, 20, 30 bucks to be able to go out and get dinner for the night, to be able to go out and get some groceries. And so there's many times that, you know, we survived off what we traded in with cans and bottles. But also there's been many times where, and, and more often than not, where I've just said, I'm throwing these in the recycling bin. Now it just so happens um, my recycling didn't get picked up for a little while. I think it was, you know, um, scheduling issues, missing, you know, one time I missed putting it out, one time I didn't pick it up. So I kind of had a backlog of stuff in, in the bin, and then I have a bin inside the house where I hold everything. I have like a little plastic bucket, like one of those totes, an old tote that was broken. So I just keep the recycling in there, put in the, the milk jugs, the laundry detergent, whatever else it might be, mouthwash bottles, everything. And I was putting the Coke Zero cans in there and realizing, like, I'm filling this thing up with Coke Zero cans. I'm just going to start a bag and put them in the bag. And so I filled up a trash bag with those cans over the course of a couple of months. And now it just sits there, like off in a closet. I don't, I don't take it in to be recycled because I don't, I don't care. What I'll probably end up doing is at some point when there's a week where I don't fill up the recycling bin, I'll probably just put them in there. Because I'm looking at that saying, well, do I really need to drive all the way to the redemption center for the, you know, six bucks that's probably in there? And that's probably being generous. 508-996-0500. I think I can squeeze in a quick call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Went to see Burns at Peter's last night at the Z. How was that? Beautiful. She's beautiful. I have had a crush on her since I was a little kid. Yeah, I wasn't really big into her, but I'll tell you, she's she just sings good and she looks good. She's beautiful. She looked like a mermaid. I was hoping that maybe the Zaitarian would call me up and say, "Hey, do you think you have time to interview Bernadette Peters?" I'd be like, "Can I ask her to marry me? Is that possible?" She never got married. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. She can keep me on the side. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> it seems like she um. She maybe didn't, and she had a dog. I don't know. She's going to London now. This is her last concert. I don't know if it's forever. Someone said she's 75 years old. I will tell you, she doesn't look at what... Yeah, that sounds about right. What beautiful hair. Oh, it's so thick, and she had it like it was like an auburn red. It was gorgeous. I, I think the first place, the first thing I saw her in might have been Annie, but it was the movie Pink Cadillac with Clint Eastwood, where I really fell in love with her. I just remembered her vaguely. She never stood out to me in my whole life. But um, I'll tell you, she was beautiful. She put on a good oh. show. I think it was the. I think I, I think I might have seen her first in The Jerk. That might have been where I saw her first. She had a purple. It was purple. It was so pretty. It was so sparkly. Uh, a gown that fitted her right to her skin. And she has a beautiful shape. And she had um, a little heel on. And she did. Uh, some sexy stuff at first, and then then she went into um, like sending the clowns and all good stuff like that. Sounds like it was one heck of a show. I'm sorry I missed it. Oh yeah, she was lovely, but she didn't change her outfits and stuff like that. She just went right through, no breaks. That's what I do. Usually, when I go see a show, I just keep the same clothes on myself so I can understand. When are you going to do Spooky again? Are you doing it again now? Um, we haven't come back yet. We had talked maybe about doing it this week. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to it, but it's just, you know, I'm so worn out by the weekend that I, I'm 
trying to get myself motivated to get up and come in, and, and I just can't. I mean, we have a couple of guests we want to have on, including a local person, but it just, you know, I'm I'm falling asleep at like seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Except last weekend when I was on Block Island, I didn't go to bed till two a.m. But yeah, I've been to Block Island. It's cute, huh? Yeah, it was fun. I'm, I'm glad I did it, and I'll, I'll probably go back. Um, what was I going to tell you? Um, oh, I'm getting one of those things. I'm tired. All right, I'll let you go. Okay, well, you have a good day. You too. Take it easy. Bye, hon. 508-996-0500. Going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.